at you all working right up to the final second, Brett McGarry, to make sure we have all our production elements in line. I just put it into our production queue. It's labeled some music thing for Mackling. Oh, thank you very much. We will have tickets to Age of the Age of the Electric, Age of Electric, coming up later on, early uh, April, actually, at uh, Nashville. So we will, I think it's April 6th, we'll give away tickets for that uh, later on this afternoon. And that clip will be part of the clue for the question, because now that we're away from World of Wheels and movies and stuff, now we're into the rock and roll and I'm responsible for the question, at least today. We'll <laughs> see what happens, how the responses go. Do you have a good weekend, I imagine? You were up to some shenanigans here at 680 CJOB. Uh, yeah, I, I, there may have been some some jocularity at the expense of one of our colleagues. We uh, are working on getting an outstanding video montage put together so you can see what goes on behind the scenes here from time to time. We'll leave it at that for now. But if you want to share with us uh, via text message 7806868, some of your best workplace pranks, would love to hear from you. And we're going to kick off the conversation talking about vacations. It's vacation time for a lot of people. In fact, it's been difficult, Brett, to reach out and to Get in touch with certain people today because lo and behold, they are on spring break somewhere warm with their children or they could be skiing. I don't want to, you know, paint all the vacationers in the same brush because I used to be a spring break ski guy, but I'm a little jealous this week. I have to confess. <laughs> Get used to it, man. Yeah, <laughs> gonna, hear, yeah. you're going to have we're going to have many weeks like this over the summer where mm, it gets a little bit harder to track yeah, people no, down. I, yeah, I'm used to doing this during the summer. Oh, that's right. You yeah. know, so I, I understand, but it, it took me by surprise today that so many people were away. And so it reminded me of a podcast that I listened to over the weekend. It's called Coffee Never Means Coffee. It's a tribute to that Seinfeld episode where George has a fairly quote unquote successful date, mm. but he misses the cue when she invites him up for <clears throat> For coffee? Oh, And he wow. says, well, I never drink coffee this late, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, you know how that goes. That's totally something I would do. Y- you miss the cue? Yep. Miss it all together? I wonder if Tim has missed the cue. Tim Dickert is here from CKNW, our sister station in Vancouver. You ever miss the cue, Tim, when you're uh, getting the old, uh, would you like to come up for coffee? You know what? Uh, I'm a married man now these days. Uh, but uh, in my younger days, no, I was pretty good with the cue. Oh, good for you. I was pretty good with it. Now, I didn't get a lot of invites up for coffee, but on the rare the rare invites, uh, I was pretty good. Pretty oh. good with the queue. Okay, well, I was wondering if maybe the reason you named your podcast after that is because you were famous <laughs> for missing the uh, come in for coffee queue. <laughs> no, you know, our podcast, uh, we kind of just got it started because, you know, uh, I'm sure it's the same out, uh, out in your guys' uh, newsroom. You know, we have a, a varying degree of experiences you know, different types of people, married, not married, young, older, divorced, you know, and so we thought it would be fun to have uh, a podcast with three of us who have kind of different perspectives and are different and are in different types of relationships. So that's kind of why we do the podcast. And I just thought that was funny. So that's why we named it that. 
So I'm going to play a clip here in a couple of minutes of your podcast from this past weekend, your trip to Winnipeg. And of course, that <laughs> caught my attention. And I thought, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Tim will have all sorts of glorious and wonderful things to say about our fair city. But yeah. your adventure in getting here, I imagine, made it absolutely impossible for you to have a good time by the time you got here. So why don't we listen to a little bit of your adventure and then we'll talk about it in just a moment or two. Here's Tim Dickert. And who are your co-hosts? I, I forgot to jot their names down, Tim. Uh, Claire Allen is a producer of the Simi Sarah Show out here on CKNW. And Matt Lee is one of our, uh, one of our anchors, one of our news readers. Okay, so uh, here's uh, Tim. Coffee never means coffee. Uh, Tim Dickert's trip to Winnipeg. I was dating a girl here, and uh, she was from Winnipeg. Um, hey, Bliss is from Winnipeg. And uh, so she was going back for a couple of weeks and wanted to, uh, and then while she was there, she wanted me to come, she wanted me to come <laughs> visit. Melissa asked me that about the other day. She oh, wanted no. me, she no. wanted, <laughs> she wanted me to go with Win- to Winnipeg. I hope this doesn't sour your story. No, uh, your possibility. So she wanted, she wanted me to go, but we were young and I didn't really have money to, to pay for a plane ticket to go out to oh, Winnipeg. God. So uh, she could get me a free bus ticket on, oh. the, on the Greyhound because of her because fam- <laughs> her family worked on on the Greyhound. Uh, her family worked with Greyhound or something like that. How long is that bus ride? It's, yeah, that is a long bus trip. That's my a friend. long bus like, trip to f- think it's about. Things. Thirty-eight hours. That is horrendous. Thirty-eight hours. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I spent two nights on the bus on the way out there to get to Winnipeg <laughs> yeah. as your final. So you destination. actually went? <laughs> yeah. Can I tell the story, please? That's all there is to it, really. So I. Uh, it's already getting off to a bad start. <laughs> Because I changed buses so many times, I saw the so same, same movie, movie eight over times. and over again. Yeah. <sighs> Which yeah. movie was it? What was that dancing movie with Richard Gere and Jennifer Lopez? I remember and that Cuban guy, blank. that movie, that uh, whatever awful. it's called, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that one uh, like seven or eight times. Yeah, terrible movie. Um, that sounds like my idea of hell. So, anyways, <laughs> I finally, I finally get to Winnipeg. Shall and, we dance? Uh, yes. There we go. There we go. I finally get to Winnipeg, and she's, uh, you know, she's showing me around. I'm meeting some of her friends. I'm not really already. I'm not really vibing with her friends all that well. Oh god. And I'm a pretty friendly guy. I would say. So we just didn't. It, so far, that wasn't great. And then now she started to feel like she had to babysit me. So she was annoyed now already. Like two days in. Hold on. She makes you take a bus for 38 <laughs> hours, and she's annoyed after 24 or 48. The, so she's annoyed that she has to kind of babysit me. But I'm in Winnipeg, number one. There's nothing to do. I don't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of like, yeah, I guess. I'm her boyfriend, so I guess it shouldn't be a, a, annoying that I'm with her. But um, oh dear. so so we kind of so it gets pretty rocky while we're on this trip. So like you kind of said about an example of, OK, this thing's not going to work. No. Me and this girl, we're not going to yeah. work out. So I decide, you know what, because my I just have to get on the bus because my ticket is like a round trip ticket. So I just got to get on the bus to go back. Right. So I start thinking maybe I'll just go. So, Tim, we're going to call you out. <laughs> On that first little piece of business there. I mean, first of all, I'm in Winnipeg. And there's nothing to do? And there's nothing to do? I just need you... Hold on. I understand. Okay, I understand how that sounds. I just need you guys to understand that I had never been there before. I was 20 years old, there to see a girl... And, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anybody else there. So, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of wonderful things to do. But I didn't get a chance to see any of it. In fact, I think... Now, tell me if I'm wrong. Is is Winnipeg the Slurpee capital of Canada or like the 7-Eleven capital it's, it's of North America? It's the Slurpee America, capital like of the world. There it is. 
Okay, so we were we went on that we had to have a relationship talk uh, as as things were going poorly on this trip. So we walk to a Seven Eleven, and they don't have the flavor Slurpee that she wants. So then we have we have to walk to a different Seven Eleven, and then we walk to seventeen different Seven Elevens so that uh, she can get the flavor she wants. Needless to say, none of them had the flavor. And so we ended up getting a flavor that was available, and you guessed it, the first 7-Eleven. Okay, so Tim, that wasn't that maybe should have been your first hint to get right back on the bus, right? <laughs> you know, the slurpy neuroses is probably yeah. not the best right. idea. So if I understand this correctly, you were yeah. living in Vancouver, as was this young woman. Yeah, we uh, we worked together at a sporting goods store out here, um, and we were living in a, in a smaller smaller town, just a suburb of Vancouver. And uh, yeah, and she had moved here with her family. And we've been dating for a while, and, you know, I hear all these stories about Winnipeg and, and her life there and all her friends there. So she wanted me to meet those people. Got it. So she took a plane yes. whilst you took a bus. She took a plane there. So she was going to be there for two weeks, and I was going to be there for one week. So she flew out there and, uh, you know, spent that first week there. I took oh, the bus. Oh, Tim. Oh, 20-year-old Tim. <laughs> to get there. And then, so the, but the worst part, though, is, is coming home because... She was coming home to arrive on the same day that I was also going to arrive. But instead of riding the bus with me, she took a plane. So she flew home and I took a bus home. What a disaster. Yeah, not ideal. So you didn't marry her, right? No, I didn't. No. (laughs) Tim, how old are you right now? You said you were 20 when you came here. How old are you now? I'm 34. And more importantly, uh, what flavor of Slurpee did she want? You know what? I don't remember that. Uh, that that part of the. How story. could you ever forget? <laughs> Do you remember what she ended up getting? No, I just know that I was. Uh, I'm. I don't want to say I was blind with rage by the time we got to the tw- the the twelfth Seven Eleven. But I mean, to be fair, these were all within walking distance of each other, so there were a lot of Seven Elevens that were I was able to get a Slurpee at. Well, you don't become the Slurpee capital of the world, but with one Seven Eleven for seven hundred thousand people. That's a great point. Okay, great so point. so now really at the crux of this issue, <laughs> and maybe we've laid a little bit of a trap here for you. No, I understand. But you have been here the only your only visit, right? Fourteen years ago at at twenty. Yeah, but and I was probably there for I don't know six days. So when, when Winnipeg comes up in conversation, yeah, we want to know, we need to know, we're dying to know, do you slam Winnipeg because of your experience? And you got to be honest with us here because you're a colleague and you're on the other end of the vacuum of truth that is the microphone here at 680 CJOB. Yeah. Now, so no, I, I do I tell that story often? I do. Yeah, when Winnipeg comes up or people talk about riding the Greyhound, I do tell that story. I do have another uh, ridiculous Greyhound story that uh, we could say for another time, but I uh, uh, I do tell that story. But I I feel like the the uh, the antagonist of this story is the girl and not Winnipeg. Okay, because we're a little thin skinned out here. We're very hardy souls, but our reputation around uh, Canada and across Canada is very important to us. And I wanted to make sure that you weren't slamming Winnipeg. Oh, and by the way, to to rub salt in the wounds. Yes, please. Shall we dance? Was actually made in Winnipeg. They're unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this story is this story is like a perfect circle. Did you? So you didn't know that? No, no well, I didn't. I, I did not investigate where Shall We Dance was. Uh, well, that's a hilarious uh, part that you can now add to the story. It's a new dimension. Yes. 
I will. Yes, I appreciate that. To add insult to injury, the... Now, I, I would like to say that I believe that Winnipeg uh, I would, has much to offer and that under different circumstances will probably be a wonderful visit well, when I finally make my way back. Well, and, and clearly, and I've said this for an awfully long time, some of the most beautiful women in Canada, if not the most beautiful women in Canada, end up being from Winnipeg somehow, some way. I've spent a lot of time in Vancouver, Calgary, and the Okanagan, and inevitably I uh, end up attracted to someone with ties to Winnipeg if they weren't in fact born here. So uh, you you be forgiven for that. Where where's your wife uh, from, Tim? She's she is from BC. She's from Northern BC. She's from uh, Dawson Creek. Dawson Creek, beautiful yeah. part of the world, without question. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe yeah. give us some advice. We want to talk about booking a trip with your you know who you think is your significant other, and then you realize, uh oh. We just forked out 2K to go to Maui or to go to Cancun, and uh, we're not even going to be speaking to one another by the time we get on the plane, never mind coming back. Have you, have you had this discussion? I think you just start with, uh, with shorter trips, right? Like if, you're, if it's a new relationship and you don't know how you're going to travel together, because I'm sure you guys, uh, whether you've traveled with partners or not, you probably have friends who you know you can travel with, and you probably have friends who you would never travel with right and so i think the 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 best thing to do is to have is to start small you know uh go to a go to a lake for a weekend kind of thing instead of doing those big trips first you do those small trips see how you travel together see what the problems are first uh in how you deal with each other you know do you need extra entertainment should you have everything planned to the minute uh because any downtime you guys are just going to stare at each other and really evaluate your relationship in a bad way (laughs) you know uh, so I think start small and then, and then, you know, once you've got your kind of traveling language figured out, then, you know, go do those other big trips. Tim, thank you for the podcast. Episode 18. It's very simply titled Tim goes to Winnipeg. Coffee <laughs> never means coffee uh, from our friend, uh, Tim Dickert out in Vancouver at CKNW. Tim speak well of us, my friend. Right. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Thanks guys. Tim Dickert with CKNW. Coffee never means coffee. Again, episode 18, you can find that podcast on Google Play and iTunes. So the question to you then would be, do you have any bad vacation stories? Any 38 hours on a bus to Vancouver to go and see a girl or a guy and it didn't turn out exactly the way you thought. And specifically when I say bad vacation stories, I mean as it pertains to a relationship situation. Maybe you booked a trip and the relationship ended, or you booked a trip, went on the trip, and then the relationship ended. That would be horrible. Would love to hear your feedback. Uh, Greg has volunteered. I'm not putting you on the spot because uh, what, you mentioned what? earlier. <laughs> well, you said you you went on a trip. I did. With your ex-girlfriend. I, I would love to hear that story. Oh my, I could only... Tell certain parts well, of well, it. Absolutely, but, yeah. We don't, of we, course. The, the censored version. Uh, we'll get to that after your forecast, which is up next. It's funny how that 7, 8 degrees yesterday felt like 20. There were guys outside jogging in T-shirts and shorts. I went outside for a walk at around 2 o'clock. I had a light jacket, a light hooded sweater, and I ended up just with the T-shirts walking down Cordon. Couldn't believe it. And I, yet, on the other side of it, in October... If it had been 20 degrees all week and then dropped down to 8 or 9, even in the sunshine, you'd be putting a jacket on. 
Yeah, well, I mean, our bodies adjust to the the temperature, right? Our bodies have to they they adapt for the weather. It's just goofy how that works, right? It's a bio, it's a physiological imperative, I suppose, <laughs> an evolutionary imperative. Look at you! Like, imagine if you went to to a place that was forty degrees Celsius on vacation or whatever, it would be sweltering at first, but probably by the end of the week, you'd be a little bit more acclimatized to it. So I like how you tied the vacation thing in there. Very good segue. As we've been discussing for the last 20 minutes or so, we want your vacation stories. Vacation's gone awry because perhaps you jumped into booking a vacation with someone. In retrospect, you realize, oh boy, uh, we shouldn't have been going to Brandon for two days. Never mind going to Mazatlan (laughs) for a week. Well, and it, especially if you could be in that that puppy love stage, right? The honeymoon phase where everything is bliss and you think, oh, I want to do everything with this person. Let's book a vacation. Let's go to, I don't know, let's go to Europe for two weeks. How about let's go to Cabo San Lucas for seven days? It sounds like that. Is that a specific reference? It is a specific reference. Do we have time for you to sort of give us 90 seconds of that? Well, the bottom line was I started seeing a young lass from Australia. And when I moved to British Columbia, we thought this was the beginning of it all. And my brother (laughs) and his girlfriend were going to Cabo San Lucas. Why don't you guys come along? It'll be great. We'll have a great time. Sure, we'll go. Let's go. Have a blast. And, oh, at least a week ahead of when we were due to leave, things with Australia girl were done. Like beyond that. Just a week ahead of time. Just a week oh. ahead of time. And there was no way to really stretch it out. There was no way to bite my tongue. No way for her to hide her displeasure for the situation. And I was it. We were done. But she's halfway around the world from home on a work exchange. I have booked a week off from my brand new job. And there was no way I was getting any shifts. It was fairly slow. I was going to be working at a ski resort two weeks after we got back. So I'd already paid. So it's like, I'm going. She says, well, I'm going too. And neither one of us could afford to rent a separate room. We could afford to go, but we couldn't afford to, you know, negotiate for another room when we got there. So king size beds are really big if you want them to be. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. It's 127. Global news coming up next. 133, lame duck coaches. How about a lame duck franchise? We experienced that in Winnipeg in 1996 when the Winnipeg Jets played an unexpected final season here at Winnipeg Arena before moving to Phoenix. And boy, did those crowds get small. Why am I referencing that, Brett McGarry? Well, I'm combining two topics. The one we were discussing before, your global news update at 130. The fact that the Oakland Raiders are moving to Las Vegas is the other part of the equation. Just in the last 20 minutes, the National Football League has approved by a vote of 31 to 1. The Oakland Raiders will become the Las Vegas Raiders in three years. Maybe as short as two, but it could be three years playing in Oakland in a stadium they already have a hard time filling. In fact, they have a giant tarp over the upper deck. They call it Mount Davis after the <laughs> legendary owner, Al Davis, who has now passed away. Uh, they built these uh, 
extra seats and luxury boxes out in what center field at the Los An- or at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. And they never sell these seats. They're so steep. They're so high unless the Raiders are really, really good. So they've tarped them off. And now the Raiders are on their way to Las Vegas. Could you imagine uh, the Blue Bombers or the Jets sticking around for three years and we were mo- knew they were moving somewhere else? Uh, like talk about a horribly awkward situation or is that less awkward than going to Hawaii let's say for with your ex-girlfriend we are curious to know if you've ever had a situation or you've or maybe even just observed an awkward situation like this on a vacation where Greg had to go to Mex- to Cabo San Lucas with his ex-girlfriend a week after they broke up <laughs> Maybe you went on a vacation and you broke the, the up while you were there. Ended, yeah, the relationship <laughs> ended while you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, 204-780-6868 is the number to call. Also the number to text. You can email brett at cjob.com, gmac at cjob.com. And hey, maybe you're this... Maybe you feel a little awkward talking about it, but you can feel free to send us an anonymous text or anonymous email, but we would love to hear your voice on this. I know that for me, I went to Mazatlan with some buddies, I guess, uh, just a little over 10 years ago, and there were some girls there from, there. I mean, there were a whole bunch of people there from Winnipeg. There's a plane full of people, uh, similar age or younger, and there were three girls in particular that I recall who were running wild. This that whole week, and <laughs> and we we didn't really we sort of got to know them, but not really. And at one point, though, we we overheard them talking about, oh God, how am I gonna? My boyfriend's picking me up at the airport when we come back. How am I gonna tell him? Because they had done some questionable things while on vacation and decided that the only honorable thing to do would be to break up when they got back. So I when I remember. Being in the baggage claim area, looking at these girls, and they had this sullen looks in their face because they knew what was coming. They had gone on vacation, girls gone wild, and now the repercussions were waiting. So they went on vacation with their friends and returned home to realize we need to, we need to be honorable here. That's a stressful thing at a certain age, too, right? Yeah, they were probably, I want to say, no no older than 24. Yeah, I, I went down that road a couple times where either I was away with buddies or the person I was in a relationship with, with went away for a week over spring break or at a different time. And yeah, there was no Snapchat, Facebook, texting or whatever. Like, like you went away for a week and that was it. That mm-hmm. was the end. There was no contact. For a week. Yep. You had no way of getting in touch with each other unless you were neurotic and, you know, phoned down to the hotel in Mexico or something to try and catch up. But, yeah, those those things are tough on a relationship. And conversely, I think going on a vacation is a really good way to decide whether or not you're at a good place in your relationship. Because if you can put together a piece of Ikea furniture and travel <laughs> together without breaking up, that's usually... A pretty strong indication that you might have the foundation required to to work on a more substantial relationship. I don't know if you think that's a litmus litmus test or not. I think I think it's a great litmus test because you when you're in the relationship you might spend a few hours with this person here or there, maybe spend the night and then you go off in your separate ways. So that first vacation is the first time where you're 
stuck together to put it blunt to put it like that so you the, you can learn all sorts of different things about that personality like if they're let's say you go to a i don't know a place that is hot but isn't necessarily a hot like a warm uh, sunny destination vacation so one person might like to might be a I'm a sit by the pool kind of person right whereas the, whereas the other person might be a I like to explore kind of person and if you don't discover that until you get there you're going to have some problems. Without question. And then it also opens up some questions for the long-term viability of your relationship, right? All of a sudden, the question is like, oh, you just like to sit by the pool and drink all day? Yeah, no, that's not going to work for me, right? In fact, uh, when Jackie and I went away together for the first time, it was how I knew that there was some affirmation there. Mm. When she told me that we could go to two Chicago Cubs games on consecutive days, that's when I knew I kind of turned a light on. I went, oh, <laughs> you're willing to come back tomorrow and you're okay with stopping in St. Paul on the way back to watch a hockey game. <laughs> Interesting. We may have to file some more paperwork. <laughs> Philippe, is that, is it Philippe or Philip? Philippe. Philippe. Hello, Philippe. Philippe. Yes. How are you, sir? Yep. What do you What do you have to say about vacation problems? I'm a, I'm a she. I'm a she. Philippe. Oh, my That's my it. apologies. Not Philip. Philippe. I got it now. Philippe. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I once went to Mexico with a boyfriend, and uh, he was being kind of naughty. Not, and I decided to um, tell. I told him I would go um, to uh, downtown shopping. Uh, this is in Mexico, and I flew to. I I took a cab to the airport and then left him there. <laughs> and then and then a week later, we were in a wedding party, so it was a little awkward. Oh my goodness! So uh-huh. you just you like you you like it's like the dine and dash left. times fifty. I just left. I just left. I just left. It was the first. It was the next day. Well, like when he, but I just left. Yeah. And then you and were. Best thing I ever did, yes. And then you were obligated to be in this wedding party a couple weeks later? Yes, yes. yes. We pretended like nothing had happened, but it was really, it was very awkward for me. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you for sticking it out with the wedding party Mm -hmm. because a lot of people might have turned tail, right? Yes, yes. But I I couldn't do that to my friend. So we just were in the wedding party and, um, you know, I danced with other people and, and uh, we were cordial, but it was very awkward. Mm-hmm. True to yourself and true to your friend. Which uh, locale in Mexico did you go to? Uh, we went to uh, Cancun. Cancun. Oh, so that's like, oh, that must have been an expensive flight to come home, you know, after yes. one day? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, uh, sometimes you have to do that. Philippe? It's, you know, Philippe, yes. <laughs> you might be my hero. Well done. All right, Philippe, thank you. Th- thank you very much for the call at 204-780-6868. We appreciate it. We're getting some text messages as well here. My uncle brought his ex-girlfriend with us to the Grey Cup. They broke up before the trip but had already paid for everything, and she wanted her ticket that she paid for. Well, somebody got pregnant on that trip, so now they are still together. Awkward for the rest of us. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Dwayne says, my ex and I went to Cuba. Needless to say, when we arrived back, 
She left me. She walked around a fortune tree. And still to this day, I wonder what was said. A fortune tree. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what was said in that text. I'm sorry, Dwayne. What's a fortune tree? Fill us in, uh, Dwayne. <laughs> One of our listeners wants to know if he was ever allowed, if I was ever allowed, another back-to-back baseball game since marriage, or did his wife pull the bait and switch? <laughs> no bait and switch. We've actually been to an NFL game together and uh, have a lot of fun uh, going to sporting events. In fact, Jackie didn't even like football when we met. Like had like zero interest, and now she yells and screams at the TV or at the Bomber games louder than I do. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's been uh, quite a fascinating transformation to see her go from like almost anti-football to like this Blue Bomber super fan. She just uh, like lives and dies with the Blue Bombers now. And Tony Romo, she loves Tony Romo, and we missed the window of opportunity to go to Dallas to see uh, Tony Romo as quarterback of the Cowboys, but that was something that we were always going to do, but it just uh, never seemed to work out. So no no bait and switch on that. Another text here. Uh, This is actually from the person who told us about the Great Cup situation. Also, I went with a group to Las Vegas for my best friend's 30th birthday. Her boyfriend broke up with her while they were there on her actual birthday. He still thought we would want to hang out with him for the rest of the trip. What a jerk. (laughs) He breaks up with her on the vacation on the birthday. That's not very nice. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. It's the number to text. We'd love to hear your thoughts on vacation relationship situations gone awry. The number to call again, 204-780-6868. Your forecast is up next. Brett McGarry, Greg Mackling, we are talking about vacations going on, vacations with your significant other, or maybe you book a vacation with your significant other, and then by the time said vacation rolls around, you are no longer significant to each other. <laughs> or maybe you go on the vacation and you return insignificant. And we got a text here from Dwayne that was a little bit confusing. He says, so he went to Cuba with this partner, with his girlfriend, and when they got back, she left him. And he says she walked around a fortune tree, and still to this day I wonder what was said. So Greg and I were both looking at each other like, what? what's a fortune tree? So Dwayne has confirmed. The tree was part of the excursion. Jeeps, boat ride. There's a guy sitting at a tree, banging a drum. You walked around the tree three times, and he told you your future. So I guess she walked around the fortune tree. Fortune tree guy banging the drum says something to her. They get home from the vacation, and she dumps poor Dwayne. Okay, so... I have a buddy. I think I might have told you this story the other day with Dr. Cyrus off the air. And I have a buddy whose wife was mad at him for about two weeks because she had a dream that he was having an affair with somebody else. It was just in her dream. But she was so upset by the dream that he was in the doghouse for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And I, once upon a time, had someone break up with me when she realized I was a Gemini. What? We went out for dinner one night, and we're having a chit-chat or whatever, and she, she confirmed my birthday. She goes, your birthday's uh, May 22nd, right? I said, yeah. Though, like, depending on, she says, depending on which of the astronomy books you look, look at, you're a Gemini. I said, oh, you don't have to look at any of the books. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> well, you could be a cusp. 
Taurus or whatever. No, no, like I'm a pure gentleman. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Um, I can't go out with you anymore. Really? Yes. So because of that, well, that that's you know my what? astrological sign. That's what this is what I think of when that comes up. I'm a Sagittarius, which probably tells you way more than you need to know. Yes, it tells us that you participate in the mass cultural delusion that the sun's apparent position relative to arbitrarily defined constellations at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality. Participate <laughs> in the what? So how did you find that so quickly? It just by by chance, we happened to use that clip on the couch potatoes over the weekend. So get out. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I had someone who decided she would no longer go on any more dates with me, in spite of the fact she found me otherwise delightful when she found out I was a Gemini. So it's like Inception almost. Sorry? Okay. Yeah, sorry. I keep... <laughs> you keep forgetting I don't watch TV Greg and movies. Greg is into sports and I'm into TV and movies. <laughs> the Inception, it, basically the idea the idea entered her head and no matter what you did or right. said, you would not be able to turn that away from her. It's that important to her. It was that yes. part of her. It's a part of her value system. Yes. That the, the sign... What do you even the call sign, that? The, the astrological sign? The astrological sign defines somehow who you are, how you will be in a relationship. And, of course, the Gemini twins do have a little bit of a nasty reputation okay. in terms of being of two minds, which means that you're maybe, you know, you're not omnipresent necessarily. And, you know, as much as I lament that event and and you know i had a little bit of disdain and a bad taste in my mouth when i just told you that story there is some truth to it <laughs> to the fact that you yeah. have you're of yeah two minds. i do epitomize to a certain extent and definitely when i was younger epitomized to a great extent the supposed and the prescribed attributes of a gemini within the context of relationships well and just on the subject of being upset with your significant other because you had a bad dream. There is something to that. I remember I was with uh, this girl and I had a dream that she cheated on me. It was just a dream, but I was upset all day. Not mad at her, but I was distant. I was definitely off. And I told her what was up. She said, what's wrong? You're acting weird today. And I said, I had this dream and you cheated on me. And I know it was a, a dream. And I know I, I I'm not upset with you. I'm just upset. It was so Can't upsetting. Shake the feeling. Yeah, it was really upsetting and unsettling, and I couldn't. It t- I had to I had to go through another sleep cycle to get over it. It affected me the whole day, but it only was the the full day. I can't imagine actually getting angry with somebody for two weeks. He was in the doghouse for two weeks, and and he there's a really good chance he's listening, and he's probably laughing really loudly right now. I should check my phone and see if he's text messaged me because uh, he's a very loyal listener. It's a great story, but what about that whole? See, this is the kind of rabbit hole our conversations can go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that reminds me of like, have you ever picked up the phone either for your mom or a friend or whatever? It's like, you know, I just, I got a bad, I just have a vibe that something's not right with you today. Yeah. And you phone them and you check out, well, actually, <laughs> and they end up coming forth. That's happened to me a couple of times where I just, you in a sense, so and so is in distress. And that, that that maybe things aren't going well for them today, and I've picked up on that somehow, some way. And I'm not into the whole psychic ability or anything like that, but I think sometimes certain people you're connected to, you you pick up on their on their bad times without question. And I know with the boys being twins, 
uh, they pick up on each other's emotional feelings, uh, whether they're in the same room or not. Really? Oh, yeah. Without question. Here's a text at 204-780-6868. I broke up with a guy second day on his work trip to Mexico. Had to sleep on a wicker love seat on the balcony for the rest of the trip. Well, he probably had some refreshing sleeps out there, I would imagine. Oh, and here, this is going back uh, just to something we were talking about earlier. You said, you know, we when you would take these vacations, there was no such thing as Snapchat and Facebook and all that stuff. You would just you would go on vacation, and you if your girlfriend was back home, you'd be cut off. Right. That would just be it. I'm One gone week, for a week vacuum. Well, now I wonder if social media actually is is a detriment in that sense because let's say you are are for whatever reason just kind of paranoid your girlfriend goes off to mexico with her friends and then starts posting pictures oh who are all these guys in the in the picture are they you know oh he's got his hand on her shoulder is he is she what's what's happening <laughs> yes so, it's the exact opposite of what happens when you text someone and they stop texting you back. Yeah. Right? And you don't get that response. We've discussed that before. This idea that we want immediate response. We want to know what's going on right now. Otherwise, we quickly go to the determination that everything is wrong. Yeah. We go from everything's just fine to everything is wrong in about 90 seconds if we're not getting text message back, right? It is 156 on 680 CJOB. Global News coming up next. Mon Mackling and McGarry. 2.05 on this Monday afternoon. We just heard a spot for the home renovation show. Yes. Brian and Sarah Baumler, Baumler will be in. I, I'm going to ask him. How do I say your last name? <laughs> B-A-E-U-A-L-M-E-U-R or something like that is the spelling. It's ridiculous. I you were a fan. I am. You're clearly not Balmer, a good fan. Baumler, Baumler, Baumler. I think it's Baumler. And uh, anyway... Brian and Sarah will both be in studio with us, 1.30 till 2.30. Mark your calendars because I I know a lot of people are absolutely such huge fans of these two. And the way they get along, quote unquote, at work is is very entertaining now that they're working together. They've built houses and done renovations together. But now they've they formed Brian Inc. And the episodes of that program just have me wondering how you could possibly ever decide to work with your significant other, but we'll get to the bottom of that when so they come to visit us. They'll be at the, the Home and Garden Show on Friday at 6, or you can see them on the Urban Barn main stage at 6 p.m. Friday, April 7th, and uh, 1 p.m. Saturday, April 8th, and they'll be on our show, I believe, was it April... 6th, I believe. 6th, the Thursday? Yes. Okay, yes. 1.30 to 2.30. That's right. We've got them for an entire hour as long as we behave ourselves. Hey, before we move on to our next topic, movie theaters with jungle gyms now exist, so you don't even have to try to make your kids sit still. There are some things just really should not go together. I wanted to read this email that came in during the news here, Brett, had to do with our conversation last hour. And this comes from Anonymous, so I'll respect that, even though I know who sent it. I was a separated man in his 50s. I had met someone online and dated about four months. We were planning a trip to London and Paris when she decided all of a sudden to break it off. She broke up by email. I started talking to someone the, the same day. We met three days later, started dating, and I ended up taking her to London and Paris. It went so well. I proposed on the, on the plane home 
and we've been married four years now. She's the most wonderful wife anyone could ask for. Oh, isn't that great? Uh, see? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, from the ashes. That from warm, the ashes. That's, that warms my heart. There that's a heartwarming tale, Greg. You never have. There's no reason to ever give up on love. It, it, it strikes you and appears in your life when you least expect it. Greg, the answer is love. It's always love. The answer is always love. <laughs> now, I don't know about loving this idea, though. I've often thought that there are too few places where kids can can play and let their energy out in a manageable fashion. I've thought that these indoor playground structures that they've been installing around the city, these private uh, businesses that are doing, I think they're a great idea, especially in our climate. I think there should be more of them. I think, yeah, I think you can make a fortune at it, but that's another. Uh, another issue altogether. Now they're combining two things that should never have anything to do with one another. In my opinion, you're the movie guy. Why don't you read at least part of this article and uh, we'll find out how you feel about it as listeners and how you feel about it as movie gore. I can't believe they're doing this. Movie theaters with jungle gyms now exist so you don't even have to try to make your kids sit still. That is the headline. It's an article from a website called Simple Post. Pardon me, simplemost.com. Ah, the age-old dilemma. What do you do to entertain stir-crazy kiddos when it's too cold or rainy to go outside? A family trip to the movies, of course. But getting your kids to sit still in front of the TV at home is hard enough. We know, we know parents are supposed to limit kids' screen time, but sometimes tired moms and dads just need a break. So how can you get your kids to sit still in the theater? 90-plus minutes is a long time, after all. Well, parents, you're in luck because movie theaters with jungle gyms are here to make it easier for your kids to get in their movie viewing and their playtime at the same time. The concept for this type of theater came from Mexico. The theater Cinepolis first offered the playground option, and now that company is bringing two locations, known as Cinepolis Junior, to Southern California, with additional locations on their way in Dallas, Dayton, Ohio, and Orange County, Florida. The, the Their theaters in uh, are the first locations to make the addition of Jungle Gym equipment to auditoriums. Those locations are the first opening to show uh, Beauty and the Beast. And they ask the question, is this a win-win or what? Movie mm. makers need families watching their movies, and if not wanting to force your child to sit still for an entire movie will keep you away from the box office, well, that's exactly the opposite of what Hollywood wants to happen. So you don't like it, Greg? Now, now that you've read the article, I might be coming around on the idea. I remember going to see Shrek Forever After with... I guess I went on a date or something for that. And uh, that came out in 2010, by the way. And it's a movie that's... Most of those cartoons are usually around 90 minutes. Right. Probably because I would I would imagine that's the threshold for kids oh, to... Oh, trust me, someone's <laughs> done some research on it. And if Disney or Pixar have anything to do with it, they know exactly what the threshold is. 93 minutes for that total runtime. And I... The kids, there were. It was. A, I went to a matinee on a Saturday or Sunday, so of course the theater was full of kids, and like really First little mistake, kids. McGarry. No, it was. I was actually kind of cool to see the 
the, the kids jumping up and down and reacting. You're squealing at this or that. And, okay, look but at you. you can tell by about the 45 minute mark, I, I could see some of the, the really little ones standing up and kind of looking around and punching their parents in the knee or whatever, or whatever kids do. And by the end, you could tell that all pretty much all the kids who were really happy and excited at first didn't care what was going on on the screen. They wanted to be doing something else. So I kind of like this idea because if you go to a theater that's equipped with a jungle gym, right. you clearly, like I wouldn't go into that theater and no. say, would you kids just shut up? <laughs> no. What are you doing bringing your kid? It's 10. Oh, because I have been to movies that, that started at 1030 and people bring their babies in. Like, okay, what are you doing bringing your baby to a friggin' movie at 10 o'clock? That's wrong. What are you doing bringing a baby to a movie at all? I understand some people like daycare and babysitters and all that are sometimes hard to get. I understand it. But I've seen a trend as well. We had that story before the Heritage Classic here in Winnipeg of those people that wanted to take their baby because of the breastfeeding and all that. I guess that's part of it as well. So I'm not close-minded to it as I might be sounding at the moment, but it's just sometimes odd when you see people at Jets games and Blue Bomber games and they put these headsets on to drown out the noise on the little three-year-old baby (laughs) headsets bigger than their head and (laughs) can you not leave the baby at home Eh? just you know i don't know and this is this would be a great idea of course you would know what you were getting into exactly and i I think the only thing maybe they need to do then is to find a way to put the washrooms right inside you know so that there's a, a separate washroom for this theater so that the moms and dads that are fortunate enough to have kids that will sit through the movie, because let's face it, we enjoy the movies too. Don't have to leave the theater that we yeah. could, you know, just let the kid go out. Eh, washroom's right there. You can keep an eye on the door and then they could come back. Uh, that would be the only thing. Yes, I've come around on. I think it's a brilliant idea. Well, and I'm just looking at the structure that they have here. So, for example, along the right side of the theater, just imagine you go into any theater, be it at Cineplex or over at Landmark Cinemas, Grand Park, for example, just walk into any theater. Imagine along the right side of that room is a giant sort of tube slide. That Instead goes, of a stairwell. That goes the whole way down. I mean, I, I wouldn't be watching the movie. I'd be playing on this stupid slide. It looks like a lot of fun. And the first, looks like the first few rows have... Uh, sing, they have like these double pillow seats. They have giant double bean bags, single lounge chairs. It's really actually quite ingenious what they've come up with here to try to keep kids amused during a movie because I guess 90 minutes is, as you said, it's just about... That's probably the tipping point for a lot of kids. And so I have to hand it. To the company that's doing this, right? Because we've talked about there's all sorts of reasons not to go to the movies. And what would be taking your kids? You've just kind of taken that whole excuse out of the equation at that point in time, right? You'd have to be a certain type of adult to subject yourself to this sort of torture. Mm. But uh, that's a pretty good idea. (laughs) After all said and done, I think it's a good idea. I came around about uh, two sentences in. The headline just absolutely horrified me. And I also like the idea. I know there are restaurants, one chain in particular in town. I think they have at least three locations here that doesn't allow kids at all. Really? Mm-hmm. In Winnipeg? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's an original kind of place. Okay. <laughs> and you either have to be 18 or 21 to get into this restaurant. And as a parent, the first time I tried to go there, I really didn't appreciate it very much. But as a parent whose kids were at home and I went there without my kids, I appreciated it very much. I, that's a, that's a, and I know that's a completely different, well, not really. It's not, it's kind of the different. same thing. But uh, I, I got into it with a friend of mine who said, if I go to a restaurant and they tell me I can't bring my kids in, that's a, hum- a human rights issue. No, it's and not. And I said, really? You can't walk down the block and go to any other restaurant that's within the vicinity? I mean, it's not like it's the one restaurant for a hundred miles. And if they, if all the restaurants said no, still, your their your children are not being deprived. No food. You can. No. There are plenty of places to find them food. So I, when people talk about human rights, that really gets my gets my go. It really grinds my gears. And it should grind your gears because establishments like this are entitled to set these rules and entrance restrictions. Everything from a dress code to age restrictions and. Uh, that sort of thing, because, hey, it's a private business. And if I don't want to appeal to kids, I don't have to appeal to kids. There's nothing telling me in the law that I have to appeal to kids. In fact, there are certain types of establishments that if I open, I'm not allowed to have anybody under the age of 18 on the premise. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Now that this is coming to the odd restaurant here and there, People want choice. People, you know what? I say this to my kids all the time when we go out for dinner and they start, my kids are pretty good when we go out for dinner, but I say this to them. And if I've said this on air before, I apologize, but I say to them, you know what? Take a look around. There are adults here without kids. Some of those people have kids at home and they've paid a babysitter so that they can come out and enjoy some quiet time together without kids. I don't want you to be responsible for them not being able to have a conversation and regret the entire decision to come out tonight. And it sounds like a long-winded explanation to give to two 10-year-old kids, but they look at me and they get it. Yeah. They really get it. And uh, for places that are trying to appeal to people, thank goodness you exist. Thank goodness you exist. <laughs> 204-780-6868. I would be curious to know if you know of any businesses that do things that are sort of that like for example cineplex i know they have their stars and strollers uh screenings during the week where they it's a baby friendly environment great idea they 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 lower the volume the the lighting is a bit dimmer there's a change table so they, they they it's not obviously the jungle gym approach but it's still an approach to try to make it more friendly for parents who want to bring their babies or kids to a movie theater maybe there are businesses out there that already do things that are sort of make it a more friendly environment that you wouldn't expect. Obviously, a place like McDonald's, they've got their play pens or whatever. Oh, they're taking those out. Are, actually, yeah, do they? They're getting, do any of those exist anymore? There's the odd one, but yeah, they've really moved away from that, right, with the new Mac, McCafe yeah. image. Right. But for a long time, yeah, that was the highlight, right, on a crappy day. Mm-hmm. Take your kids and say, yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I'll let you have McDonald's, but the salvation is that they can have a place to play. For a half an hour because it's pouring rain outside and and playing outside just isn't an option. So I, I hand it to McDonald's and they realize that maybe it's not worth it anymore because yeah. people aren't coming the same way into their 
into the restaurants. I would be interested in hearing about more places other than that very original place in town that has decided not to allow minors in its dining room or its lounge. So if you know of a business that doesn't allow kids, a business that that maybe is like obviously like a bar, for example, of course, you got to be 18 to get in. Yeah, that's not news. But maybe there is a place that you were surprised to learn. Or conversely, if you know of a business that has gone out of its way to be more kid friendly, to be more uh, Uh, catered to parents. Sure. Or more adult friendly too. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Brett McGarry, Greg Mackling. Just want to quickly mention uh, that we had referred to a, a business, uh, that uh, an original business of sorts that is not kid-friendly, but a couple of our listeners have texted us to inform us that that policy has now changed. Uh, certain res- locations, it looks like, restrict minors, but uh, for, for all intents and purposes, it's not a universal thing. So thanks for the to our listeners for pointing that out. Yeah, well, we uh, we go to the people for a reason, right? Yeah, we don't know everything. I, I don't know. I don't know anything really. But uh, so we appreciate your feedback. power of the people. Power of the people. The feedback. Um, where was I going to go? Have we heard from our U uh, two qualifier? No. Oh, perhaps Kelly Windsor Brown is on a vacation. Perhaps. Hopefully, perhaps. Hopefully that said vacation does not result in the ruination of her relationship. Without question. Uh, we were talking about places babies shouldn't be and maybe where adults should only be. Uh, and this whole idea of, of trying to accommodate everyone in light of this new, and it's certainly not coming to Winnipeg yet that we know of, but this combination playground, movie theater, which for parents with kids of the right age, great idea. You wouldn't want to subject yourself to that unless you had kids. <laughs> what it got us to thinking about places that are going out of their way, not only to appeal to parents with kids, but to appeal with parents maybe with kids that would like to leave their kids at home. And Tyson says, I've seen babies at socials as well. That'd be like taking your infant to a bar or a club. And I was commenting about people who, you know, are intent on bringing their kids to Jets games and Bomber games and other loud events. And uh, Tyson, you're right. In fact, I know my niece, she was probably about six months at the time, was at my wedding social for one of the reasons that we outlined. Is that my phone dinging? Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, because uh, there was no child care because our entire family <laughs> was hello at the social. Mm. And so uh, I don't know if I'm... Apparently, there's some modifications to that liquor license uh, for a social that uh, kids and younger peoples are allowed to be at a wedding social and socials for other functions. It is 227 on 680 CJOB. Global News is coming up next. This is a group that we've been discussing and visiting with, oh, since their inception over a year ago. The group is called, well, it's SOSRI, the South Osborne Syrian Refugee Initiative, has announced a benefit concert to be held Thursday, April 6th at the Park Theatre. And uh, joining us to talk about the concert and what's going on and how you can get tickets, our good friend uh, Matthew is with us. Uh, Hi. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm good. How are you? Hey, really good to catch up with you again. What's yeah. uh, what's happening with uh, with this concert? And tell our listeners, uh, Matthew, a little bit about uh, SOSRI, the South Osborne uh, Syrian Refugee Initiative. It's Matthew Lawrence, by the way, joining us this afternoon. 
Thanks. Yeah, well, we're having another, uh, we've had a bunch of fundraisers throughout the year to uh, raise money for the families we sponsored and who have now all arrived here and are, are living uh, in South Osborne with us. And uh, we've got another, well, not quite a year ahead, but uh, close to a year ahead for some of the folks who just recently arrived. Uh, we're kind of on the hook to help them with expenses and getting them started and uh, making sure they sort of can get settled. So we we've got a um, kind of a target of 150,000 for these three families uh, to make sure we can do that, and we're we're getting close to that. We're at about 120 right now, but we would love to just uh, bump it up a little bit and make sure that we've got uh, the necessary funds uh, to just help these families in in their first year and 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 beyond. Uh, I think uh, just make sure that they can get the education and secure employment and and get a good start. So how are sales then going so far for this benefit concert that's coming up? It's going pretty good. Um, it's always hard. I found that with uh, the last few events we've had, um, we don't really get a good read on ticket sales until the last, uh, really the last week. So I, I, I'm hoping that the numbers will have a better sense. There's a bunch of tickets out there, and I don't know how many have moved. And I think we're going to have a lot of walk-ups just because we've got about 200 members in our group and I'm imagining most of our core members uh, won't have actually pre-purchased uh, tickets. They'll just walk up and and, uh, and join in on the event, which is sort of to help the families. It's also sort of a celebration for us because we've now uh, gone over that first hurdle of getting everyone here, and it's taken over a year to do that. Uh, so it'll be a bit of a celebration too. Um, I think some of the family members are going to be preparing some snacks for us too, so they'll be... Uh, great music uh, by J.D. Edwards and Katie Murphy and Scott Nolan, and also there'll be a silent auction and there'll be lots of finger food for people to enjoy from from uh, Syria and uh, just give us a little taste of their culture. So, yeah, looking forward to it as a celebration and a, a means of uh, just making sure we can help these folks as much as possible. Matthew Lawrence is the spokesperson for the South Osborne Syrian Refugee Initiative. And more or as much as anything as you've done over these last 18 months or so, Matthew, the way that this started and the way you got together and and decided to do this is a fascinating story. For those that don't know, talk about how your group came to be. Yeah, well, it it started with... uh, seeing all the, the news stories about the, the refugee crisis in Syria and uh, talking with my wife about it and waiting for a while for something to happen and realizing we just had to take initiative ourselves. So we contacted the local church and they were interested in partnering with us. So we put up some posters and held a meeting at the church and 50, 60 people showed up. So we thought we can do this. Um, and uh, we were really encouraged by that first meeting and all the people who were there who wanted to help. And um, along uh, with uh, that first meeting, those people attending, uh, Joseph and Zainab, who are Winnipeggers, uh, came here a couple of years ago. Joseph's from uh, Lebanon, Zainab is from Syria. And uh, they came and talked about their families and uh, asked us to help their families who were in need and in danger. And uh, uh, there was an immediate connection between them and, and the group. And I guess the funny the funny thing about all of that was I got connected with Joseph because I had gone up to the pizza joint up at the corner asking the guy who runs the, the shop there. I, I, I thought maybe he spoke Arabic, and I was talking to him a little bit about finding somebody who spoke Arabic. And there was a guy at the counter who just happened to, he said, my wife's from Syria, and here's my card, and maybe I can help or we could help. 
and he put us in touch with uh, Joseph, and uh, and uh, I invited Joseph to the meeting, and it was all sort of history from there. But uh, it was just serendipity that all this happened from walking up to the the local pizza joint to talk to somebody about uh, somebody who speaks Arabic, and then this all unfolded. So, Matthew, how do you maintain the the motivation, the energy to keep this going after, you know, it's been, uh, how long has it been now? Well over a year that you've been doing this? Yeah, it's been probably getting close to a year and a half now. And uh, I think it's been really amazing the fact that we have, we, we're partnering with uh, Churchill Park United Church and we've got uh, at least uh, 100 community folks who are who are involved in, in many different ways. So there's there's a a lot of people who we are we are kind of drawing from and drawing from their time and, and resources. I'm not sure how how I'd be feeling if it was just a handful of us doing this, but I mean it was a handful of us who kind of got the ball rolling. But now we have um, community members and church members behind us, and so it just feels like uh, you've got uh, all these people who you can rely on to help out, and that's made it really successful. And sometimes when you're feeling a little bit kind of low or no energy or you can't do something there's always somebody who seems to be able to step up and and pitch in so we've been really fortunate to have such a a really broad base of uh support in this community a huge topic of conversation in our community in our province right now is what's going on in emerson down at the border and folks crossing seeking asylum here when you see the energy being put forward by volunteers frontline service workers etc down in emerson it's got to give you a, a a feeling of boy i can i can relate to what those people are doing but uh, it's it's mm-hmm. certainly in a di- it's in a different fashion isn't it matthew yeah yeah for sure it's sort of uh Maybe in some ways, uh, similar similar things are going on that are pushing people than the, the desperation and the the need that is there. And I guess for me, I mean, there's lots of different takes on that. For me, of course, I, I think about those people and and the the de- desperate and kind of dangerous situations they're coming from, and the fact that they're trying to to create opportunity and safety for their families. And I just think in any way that we can help, whether it's whether it's uh, at the border or whether it's uh, through the channels, uh, you know, that, that we took. Um, if, if there's ways that we can help these people, I, I you know, um, I want to help. And uh, Matthew Lawrence with the South Osborne Syrian Refugee Initiative. Uh, when it comes to families are, and their travel expenses, they're now responsible for all that, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's another thing that sort of bumped up our, our funding target is uh, um, there is uh, an expectation to pay back the, uh, the, the expenses of getting them here. So um, that was something that um, we didn't factor in when we started this. And I, and I believe, uh, um, the, um, I guess the rules changed or, or something changed along the way uh, so that we were now on the hook to pay them back. And, and that's fine. Um, we're, we're okay to do that. It just kind of adds uh, another another hurdle and, uh, among the uh, many hurdles that we've already uh, encountered along the way. And uh, and we'll we'll figure it out and we'll make sure that those get those get paid along with uh, all the other um, kind of requirements that these folks are going to need. You're a shining example of what happens when our community comes together in small or large numbers, Matthew. Uh, one more time, how can people get tickets for this concert in a, a very worthwhile cause? And it sounds as though it'll be a great evening of entertainment. 
Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, they can get tickets, uh, I believe, through Park Theatre or Ticket Fly or Churchill Park United Church. Um, I, into the music, I uh, might have tickets. But, uh, yeah, you could definitely uh, get tickets a number of ways and uh, hoping that we have a good turnout. I'm sure we will and, and looking forward to to the music and just the socializing that's going to uh, and the community building that's going to continue to happen. Good on you for doing this, Matthew, and we appreciate uh, the update. Always great to connect with you, Matthew. Thanks a lot. That is Matthew Lawrence with the South Osborne Syrian Refugee Initiative. Once again, benefit concert happening Thursday, April 6th at the Park Theatre. Wonderful venue for a live show, by the way, featuring Winnipeg recording artists J.D. Edwards, Scott Nolan, and Katie Murphy, who have donated their talent for this event. And again, tickets are $25. We actually are at 5 degrees. Our forecast high has been met. Do we have some sort of sound effect to celebrate the fact that we've made our forecast high, Brett McGarry? No. We need to get one. Let's get a button for, for that. now. For now, it, the sound is we've reached our forecast high. Yay. <laughs> uh, if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, a casual fan, you may not realize that the Jets are playing tomorrow night. It's that makeup game from a couple of weeks ago, snowstorm in New York. So the Jets are, were supposed to be at home for three consecutive games. Uh, they'll be playing the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. I think six o'clock is the face-off time for that. So if you want to rearrange any of your uh, activities for Tuesday night. I know I will be. The Jets are a hockey team, right? Yeah, that, that they are. <laughs> They're not great uh, at this point in time, but uh, lots of people plan a lot of their social activities around either being at the game or watching them on television. So tomorrow the Jets will be playing, even though that will not show up on your uh, fridge magnet schedule. No, yeah, it's a... It's a rescheduled game. Okay, so. no, that's val- valuable information there, Greg. Well, Thank you very some, much. I do, for re- some, I do recall. Many are booing and throwing tomatoes at the radio right now. Well, to, the Winnipeg hockey team was uh, triumphant over the Vancouver professional hockey team yesterday. They so. were indeed, after two not very good games on uh, Thursday and Friday night in Los Angeles and Anaheim. But we move on. We move on. Uh, I think it's seven games to play for the Jets now. We're just counting them down to get the season over with in the NHL playoffs. I think they start April 12th or 13th. Anyway, we Are they mathematically eliminated? Oh, no, they're still hanging on by the thinnest of threads. I think Kelly Moore would call it their tragic number is one. Oh, boy. Any combination of Jets' losses or wins by St. Louis eliminate the Jets from uh, any uh, possibility of making the playoffs. Quinn sent us a text at 204-780-6868. This is... Uh, Ties back to our topic from earlier. If you're talking about kids being at socials, how about toddlers and babies no older than six months being at hockey games? What are your thoughts on that, Quinn asks. And we sort of quickly referenced it earlier. Quinn says, I personally think it's a little crazy. I think there's a line to where if you want to go to a sporting event, leave your child at home with the babysitter. I realize this at the last Jets game I went to, the amount of children under one year was absolutely crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I personally would leave my child with a babysitter or my mother. That's from Quinn at 204-780-6868. And she says, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love kids, and I think bringing your kids to sporting events is awesome, but when they're so young, it's a little iffy. Thank you for your thoughts, Quinn. 
I think it's kind of iffy too, but I understand that, you know, with parents breastfeeding or, or nursing, I think is the more politically correct term these days. Uh, moms don't want to be separated from their kids in a situation like that. Life does go on. Uh, it is kind of that tipping point though, when you've got to put those earmuffs on on your baby that weigh about four pounds and your baby weighs eight pounds. Uh, it's starting not to really make a ton of sense, but I get it. If you take your baby to Jets games, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, gmac at cjob.com, brett at cjob.com. Would love to hear why are we seeing more people with babies at sporting events with the no- noise-reducing headphones, or what would those even be called? Are those is it the same kind of thing that you would give like a the noise guy protection? The, yeah, like like the guy outside on the tarmac. Yeah, the, the jackhammer or whatever. Yeah. And I think they even sell them for kids now okay. because this is a growing trend, and people know understand that you can cause damage to growing and and young eardrums if you don't protect them sufficiently. And I know I'll never forget going to. Pulling all the strings in the world. It must have been 98 or 97. And my girlfriend at the time had a little guy. And he was six. And it was the first time the Backstreet Boys were coming to Winnipeg. All right. He wanted to see the Backstreet Boys so badly. Knew all the songs backwards and forwards. And and the concert was sold out. And I made a couple of phone calls. And, hey, can you help me out? And sure enough... Got him tickets to the concert. I made arrangements to take the evening off from work. Two show, two songs in, he looks at me and he says, Greg, it's too loud. The sound was larger than life? It was large. I don't know if that was the right tour, but it was larger than life. And we spent the next 45 minutes listening to the concert in the vestibule, in the concourse, really? walking around, listening. And then he finally looked at me and said, can we go home now? Really? Yes. It was the most fruitless, generous thing I've ever done in my life. I scored zero <laughs> points with this kid. Really? None at all. And, you know, and then, of course, his mom got mad at me because, you know, you know, not in a, you know, not really mad. But it's like I, she kind of said, I told you it was too little. And then I was like, ah, nah, we'll have a great time. Yeah, <laughs> I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson. Tried to get those little uh, spongy things for him and put those in his ears. That didn't work. So it was like 180 bucks to walk around and listen to really lousy music. Did you say to the kid, quit playing games with my heart? I did not. I did not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not as punny as you. <laughs> Mike says, hi, guy. Good for you, by the way. For, for I, Thank I, I, you. Let me commend you on, on the effort and I, whether or not it ended up being a wise decision. And good for the kid for speaking up. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I give him all the, I took him to his first football game too. And sitting in the rain on uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving and he was cold. He says, uh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that six or whatever he was. He was brutally honest. Love that kid. He was a good guy. Cause I good remember kid. I went to the Timberlake concert. We had seats for the suite cause they did back to back shows. Right. Yeah. So two nights the, in a row. So yeah. The second night. We had the suite, and I thought, well, yeah, I want to, because it had been, it heralded as the greatest arena pop show ever, so I went, and I have never heard sound like that. The shrill of all of the 
girls and women in attendance screaming. And I, I don't say that in a negative way. I, it was exciting, but it was just, it was a sound that I had never quite heard. And I wonder it, if it, that added to that. It pier- it was piercing my brain. Mm. So I would imagine for a six-year-old, because I, I, I'm assuming it was the same kind of sound for yes. the Backstreet Boys. You know what? I didn't even, th- I didn't even think about that because, you know, the music sound at the old Winnipeg Arena was so horrible. You were about to read Mike's text and I, I want to make sure we get enough time so we can wrap this all up because uh, it's a great text. Mike says, hi guys, we were down at the Gimli drag races last year and there were six month, there was a six month uh, year old and eight month year old or <laughs> sorry, <laughs> an eight, six month, a year old and an eight month old baby with ear protection on. It was ridiculous. The sound was so loud. It was hurting my ears and I had earplugs in. Yeah. Those things are not foolproof, right? (laughs) Earmuffs. Yeah. Earmuffs. Mm, Someone else saying it. 7806868. When I hear earmuffs, that's to keep your ears warm or because I'm watching, uh, what is it? Back to school. What is that? What is that great Will Ferrell movie with Vince Vaughn? Is it back to school? Well, the, uh, old school, Jeff old Forte school. says old yeah, school. Old school. Well, but now, you know what? They're noise-canceling earmuffs. Is that what they are? Yeah. Beautiful. It's like it's uh, noise-canceling earmuffs. So I guess if you're going to, uh, if you're bringing a child to a Backstreet Boys concert, they just have a, they have a residence now in Las Vegas, I do believe. They did indeed. And, and I've seen them actually, I will confess, two other times. And they're very good in concert, the Backstreet You've Boys. You've seen the Backstreet Boys three times? I've, no, I've seen them twice. I've oh. been to three Backstreet Boys <laughs> concerts. I've seen them twice. <laughs> I'm curious to know why you've seen the Backstreet Boys three times. Oh, my baby sister love BSB. <laughs> okay. 257 on 680 CJOB. It is the first official day of spring break, so lots of our conversation today have been focused around kids, activities, travel, hockey also seems to seep into our consciousness from time to time and will be the focus of our discussion uh, for the next two segments as Hockey Canada has put age-appropriate programming at the forefront for 2017-18. Here's uh, part of the release from Hockey Canada. They want all of Canada on the same page when it comes to the delivery of its initiation programs. Traditionally, a player's first brush with organized hockey at the ages of five and six. Although the initiation program originally developed more than 35 years ago, always recommended cross-ice or half-ice small area games. Its delivery has varied from community to community. Beginning in the upcoming 2017-18 season, a new Hockey Canada policy now mandates that initiation age players receive age-appropriate programming on cross-ice or half-ice surfaces. Joining us to discuss this move by Hockey Canada is Corey McNabb. He's Director of Hockey Development Programs. He joins us from Calgary. And Corey, congratulations. Congratulations on uh, Hockey Canada finally stepping up on this. What's taken so long to, to mandate these programs? Uh, first off, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. Um, that's a great question. I mean, you know, from, from coast to coast, as you mentioned, the program has varied. There's, there's a lot of communities across the country that are already doing, you know, cross-ice or half-ice games. They have the rink dividers out there. They have three games going on at once, you know, instead of... Uh, you know, 10 kids on the ice chasing the puck and 20 kids sitting on a bench watching. Um, so I think, you know, we've really looked at a lot of our of our programs and sort of the Canadian player pathway and how it starts at five and six. And 
um, I guess at the end of the day, we just felt that there was too much variance. And in order to uh, bring things back together from a, a standardization standpoint, it was decided that, we, you know, we needed to put a policy in place, which would ensure that it was the same from coast to coast. So there is there that much variation where some places the kids are are in fact playing on a half ice or a smaller area and other kids same age are playing across the full ice? Yeah, in in many communities, um, you know, they've bought the rink dividers, so they put rink dividers up on each of the blue lines, and they have three small cross ice games going on at the same time. So you know, in essence, you got thirty kids all participating. Other places, they've bought the uh, the rink boards where you divide the, divide the ice in half and turn it into two two half ice, and then there's still the the places that are doing the full ice five on five. And you know, from all the studies that that have been done, and not just in hockey, but also with soccer, basketball, tennis, baseball, you name it, the the learning of the skills in a smaller area to to get enough um, activity and and touches of the ball or the puck or whatever whatever that sport is is going to benefit you greatly when you get to to be to be older and you graduate to the to the full size surface. Yeah, you mentioned soccer and I was talking to another parent just the other day they're trying to figure out whether to put their kid in uh, baseball or soccer this summer and I say, "You know, with the soccer, doesn't take long before the kids are dividing themselves up and if you have one good player on each team, the rest of the kids on the pitch might not even touch the ball, depending on how the coaches handle things. And so this got me thinking when this release came out today, it's very similar on a large uh, hockey rink. Uh, it doesn't take long for a couple of kids to start dominating, and then you have kids that never, ever see the puck. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've we filmed games of the five-on-five five playing full ice with, you know, referees and everything and the full rules and offside and and icing, and it's exactly that. You know, a player on one team will get the puck in their end and skate all the way down and, you know, shoot or score or get a scoring chance. A player from the other team will get it and bring it back down the other way, and that's typically how the shifts go. You know, one or two players touch the puck, eight players are left standing still. The smart ones realize, actually, you know, when the puck goes down to the far end, well, I'm just going to wait here because it's going to come back to me eventually. Why would I chase it all the way down and all the way back? Um, you know, and then we've also seen, you know, by the time they there is a goal and they line get all back and line up at center ice for the faceoff, now there's 30, 40 seconds of time gone again. Um, right. So it just doesn't it just doesn't make make sense from a you know a, a development a, a activity level and even a fun size to to keep going the way it was going in many places. Corey McNabb, just hang tight. We're going to pause our conversation while we have a look at traffic and weather together. We are talking about... Corey McNabb, by the way, is the Director of Hockey Development Programs with Hockey Canada, which is putting age-appropriate programming at the forefront for the 2017-2018 season. A new policy mandates cross-ice and half-ice hockey for initiation-aged players, which means kids that are 5 and 6 years old. Traffic and weather together, next. 316 on this Monday afternoon, Corey McNabb of Hockey Canada joins us. He's Director of Hockey Development Programs. An announcement today that Hockey Canada is putting age-appropriate programming at the forefront for the next hockey season, 2017-2018, and they're mandating cross-ice and half-ice hockey for initiation-age players. And something that Corey was telling us in our previous segment wasn't necessary uh, continual or continual uh, across uh, Canada – 
And here in Manitoba, uh, Peter Woods is the executive director of Hockey Manitoba. He'll join Julie and Richard uh, later on this afternoon. While we have you here, Corey, I want to ask you if this is in any way a response to shrinking participation numbers as it pertains to hockey. Is this one way that Hockey Canada can increase and make it more attractive for little kids to be playing hockey again? Well, there's no, there's no doubt that that's part of it. Um, you know, the, that the cost of, of an hour of ice time in, in many rinks is going up uh, across the country, which then forces, you know, fees to go up in some areas. So, you know, maximizing the ice surface when you can put more kids out there, uh, have two or three games going on at the same time is, is going to lower the cost in a lot of areas. Uh, secondly, in, in depending on where you are um, in the country, some, some places ice time is at a real premium. So, so trying to find enough ice time for everybody is, is hard in the smaller communities or maybe some of the more rural areas. Uh, it's not so much of an issue. But at, at the end of the day, the, the biggest thing is that the, the appropriateness of, of, of doing skill stations and small skill work and practice and then progressing to the small area games, cross-ice games, half-ice games, it just offers a, a lot better experience for the, for the young boy and girl. It's a lot more fun. They're getting a lot more activity. They're involved in the play. They they shoot more. They score more. They handle the puck more. And that's why kids play hockey is they want to do those things. So, um, yeah, I guess in in a way, yeah, it does. Uh, uh, we feel it is going to help to to get more kids in the game and keep more kids in the game longer. Well, and Corey, I'm obviously this is a different sport, but I remember in high school I played basketball and. After the season was done, we signed up to play in the spring league that took place at the University of Winnipeg. And the, even then, at, at the high school age, the, making the jump from a high school-sized basketball court to a full court at a university, which was significantly bigger, it was a real strain for all of us, me in particular, because I hated running. So <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like for a five- or a six-year-old kid trying to play hockey on a full-size rink. Well, it is it is a lot more difficult, and and aside from just the length that they have to skate, there's a lot less opportunity where they're stopping, starting, mm-hmm. turning, you know, going from left edge to right edge, and those types of things, and learning to handle the puck in a small area. So, really, what happens as they progress through the system, and if they haven't learned those fundamentals on how to do that in a small area when they start, it's much harder to learn that later on. And you know, ironically, most you know even bantam teams, midget teams, junior teams, NHL teams. They spend so much time during practice working on stuff in small areas, you know, below the below the dots or below the tops of the circles or blue line in, that it's almost, you know, I think this is really going to help to come full circle um, because more kids are going to be introduced to the game in a small area. They'll progress and they'll do their full ice drills as they get older, but it's much easier to start small and go big than to, to do it the other way around. Well, I have to give a shout-out to Mike Lestell, who runs the World 3-on-3 hockey here in Winnipeg. He's been running these types of programs in our community for two decades now and divides the ice in two-thirds. They'll have three-on-three, one-minute shifts that changes, and then in the other third of the ice, below uh, the one blue line, you have all these little skill stations, including a little one-on-one hockey and the passing and uh, and stick-handling skills and whatnot. And, you know, the hour A, an hour and a half flies by, and also, you can tell that the kids are getting something out of it every single time. They're touching the puck far more often than they would in kind of a in a free range game. I call it uh, five on five on a big rink because, uh, as we mentioned off the top, so often it, it really doesn't take very long for just a couple of kids to be dominating those games on the on the full ice. Yeah, no, it's entirely true, and and you know you have. 
uh, I guess some of the traditionalists out there who want to put a goalie in net. Mm. Uh, you know, the poor little guy stands there for seven, eight minutes in a row and, 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 and rarely gets a shot, and they're not active at all. So, you know, it just makes sense to, to modify the playing surface, modify the rules. And, and as the kids progress, we get closer and closer to what people will see as, a, you know, the professional-style game on, on TV. But at the end of the day, the, the, the focus of doing what's right at the kids at the appropriate age is, is the key to keeping more kids in the game making sure they have more fun, and ultimately you're going to develop more skilled hockey players out of it. Uh, one final question here, Corey. How do, we, how do you make sure that this policy is enacted across the country? Well, every province is going to have, you know, sort of their own methods on, on how they do that. But, you know, the easiest thing is, is when, you're, you know, when you're booking referees, you know, you're not sanctioning games or tournaments that require you know, just two referees to be there because there's there's going to be more than one game on the ice. So now you're doing it where you're going to have to book four or six or, you know, depending on if you're going half ice or third ice or whatever it is. So, But I think at the end of the day, the, the majority of people um, are going to recognize it. You know, there's going to be some uh, some places where there may be some pushback initially, but I think once they, they get a chance to actually see it and see how much more active the kids are and involved in the game, they're going to, say, well, you know, okay, I think this is going to be the best thing for him. And, you know, there, there's lots of time to get to the full ice five on five as, as boys and girls get through their, their career so we don't have to rush it. But, but I think, you know, I don't think there's going to have to be, you know, sanctions or penalties or suspensions or, or things like that. I think for the most part people are going to recognize it's the right thing to do. And the biggest thing is when everyone else is doing it, now no one's viewed as not one group here or there is viewed as doing something different or being allowed to do something different. So it, it makes it easier when there's more consistency and standardization. Corey McNabb is the Director of Hockey Development Programs for Hockey Canada, which is putting age-appropriate programming at the forefront for the 2017-18 season. New policy mandating cross-ice and half-ice hockey for initiation age players. Traffic, weather, sports, all up next. 3.38, Monday afternoon, a little bit of blue sky, mostly cloudy out there. We have reached our forecast high of 5 degrees, up to double digits, if the forecast is correct, for Wednesday and looking pretty good for the next week, week or so, uh, double digits just about every single day, looking uh, like spring has sprung, Mr. McGarry. About time. Yeah, you're not joking. I know this is an annual thing, it's a... Uh, like it's a surprise when I was walking. <laughs> I was walking down the street yesterday in my T-shirt. It was oh my god! It's it's a miracle. It's this happens every year, and I yet know. every year it's I it's know. not a novelty. And you know, and there are places in the world where they don't wait for spring five months of the year and wait for the weather to change. But once it does, it's ironic because for me, within about probably the first time I cut my grass, I forget that I was ever shoveling snow. Thank goodness for that, because I would probably, you know, not be here much longer if I, all I did was think about shoveling snow. It's a good thing. It's a surprise, Brett. Mm-hmm. Other th- otherwise, I think a lot of us would be making different decisions. Um, you know this song? Yes, I do. One of my favorites, actually. Where is my remote control? That's a question I suspect you ask yourself quite often. <laughs> no, they're always... You know where they are? Have yeah. you got a system? Yeah. You leave them... Well, tell me about the remote control situation have, at well, your house. I have four remote controls. I, I could I, I, I could program it all in one, but I, I like to have use each remote for what it was designed for. And I have the, the, the PVR remote, 
I have the TV remote. Yes. I have the Blu-ray remote, and I have the remote for my soundbar. And I like to keep them on my table beside me. It's in some form, and they're usually sort of stacked all up against each other. Very OCD about it. Now, I would find any excuse to play this song, but I am playing it for a very specific reason. What's that? Well, the singers, the performers of this song, Age of Electric, coming to Winnipeg April 6th. Would you like tickets? Because we have tickets to give away. The phone lines are blocked now and will remain blocked until I ask the following question. Okay. If you'd like to go and see Age of Electric, Todd Kearns, combined with some other Canadians on a very Canadian music project late last year. In fact, we spoke to Todd about this project. What is it called? What is the name of the band? Open the phone lines, Jeffrey Forche, 780-6868, if you'd like to go and see Age of Electric, Thursday, April the 6th, at Nashville's, Todd Kearns, the lead singer of Age of Electric, combined with some other Canadians on a very Canadian music project late last year. What is the name of that band? And I will, in fact, give you a little bit of a hint. love to give away things. I'd love to send you to see Age of Electric coming up on April 6th. Mackling and McGarry moving through the afternoon to 4 o'clock. Cluche, Buckingham will get you home informed from 4 till 7. Stick around. Traffic and weather together is next. Am I still learning these clocks? Did I break a little bit too early in that last segment there? Not, not too early. Not bad. I did okay. No, you did fine. Good, good, good. Were we able to give away those Age of Electric tickets? Yes, we have a winner. The winner is Sean Spencer. Congratulations to Sean Spencer. What was the answer to the question? Well, the answer to the question was they did a, a, a resounding album, an LP of Canadian classics, including this from the Queen City Kids originally. The group is called Tuke, and it's available on your Apple Music. Great cover tunes of some great Canadian songs from Streetheart to Trooper to Queen City Kids, as we're listening to right now. Age of Electric coming back to Winnipeg April 6th at uh, Canada in uh, Nashville's. I think that's out on uh, Regent Avenue yeah. West. Canada in Transcona, that's right. All right, well, congratulations, Sean Spencer. We'll have tickets all week. Julie Buckingham and Richard Cloutier here to tee up the news. Hello to the two of you. Well, happy Monday. Buongiorno. Yes. What's coming up? What's coming up on the news? Uh, you were talking with Hockey Canada. Peter Woods of Hockey Manitoba will join us after the four o'clock news. Makes sense for five and six year olds to play on the smaller ice service. How about seven and eight year olds? I said as soon as we got off the phone with Corey McNabb, I think this should go even a little bit further with five, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine year olds. We'll talk really? to Peter Wood- okay. Woods about that just after the 4 o'clock news. Uh, there are a lot of parents up in arms because it being extended to 7- and 8-year-olds. Really? Okay. Brittany Greenslade will on. have that part of the story after 5. What do you mean? They're, they're going to extend the policy in Manitoba to 7- and 8-year-olds? So what are they uh, upset about? Because they want their kids to use the full ice. Okay. Full ice sheet. Because... They're budding NHL stars. <laughs> yes, and of course we'll know that by the time they're eight and a half, right? Pretty well. Their destiny is 
already determined by then. Well, parents, we need to get out of the way a little bit. Let uh, organizations like Hockey Canada figure it out. Paul Carson and his group at Hockey Canada, they study this stuff. They search all over the world for how to make athletes better. There was just an article on Mark Shifley and his dad was always making him do other yeah. sports and the specialization. Uh, uh, you know what? And we next could time, do three hours and of And next time you're going to be telling us that you shouldn't yell at your kids on the rink. I would never tell you that. <laughs> You're looking at the wrong dad. <laughs> Speaking of parents, there's a viral video and some pictures, and it should go live on our 680 CJOB Facebook page at 4 o'clock of a woman who has her, her baby strapped into the car seat, and then she takes the baby and the car seat and holds it up over her head, and then she also tips it down all to show how important it is to have your baby strapped in properly and have the right seat for the right baby with the right straps and then installed properly. So we will talk with Lorraine Sommerfeld, who is an automotive columnist, to find out if that's a good idea. For that demonstration to take yes. place? Well, I do know this, that when our kids were born, we went to a day long, maybe not a day, it was for sure half a day, seminar on the baby seats. And I think it's estimated that over 70% of it's all bad. baby seats are improperly installed and it's in n- vehicles. And it's not getting better. And so they're trying to highlight this and we'll give you some more information on on how you can make sure that you're... This demonstration was with a live child? <laughs> yes, with a live My child. My goodness. Yes. So okay. uh, we'll find out a little bit more about that. And if your kids are driving you crazy and it's only day one of spring break... Uh, not driving me crazy at all. <laughs> not at all. We will uh, tell you a little bit more about how that you can get them active on Wednesday at St. Patel Shopping Centre as we get set for the Canada Summer Games. So they'll join us and talk a little bit more about that event. Richard Cloutier, Julie Buckingham, thank you very much. <laughs> That's it? That's all? The news from 4 until 7. Well, there's more, but... CJOB. Oh, of course, yeah, there's plenty yeah. more. You yeah. get us home safe. I always say safe and informed. News, weather, traffic, sports, <laughs> entertainment, educational-type features, you name it, they've got it. Dave texted us earlier at 204-780-6868. We were talking about, as the conversation ended up towards bringing your babies to sporting events, bringing kids to concerts, to loud events where you need to give the kids these noise-canceling earmuffs. And one of our listeners referred to uh, the Gimli drag races. That was from Mike. Dave says, did the monster truck... A few years ago, my son wore ear protection. The couple and their child beside us made it all worthwhile. She slept, and so did the kid. So much noise, but they still slept while the guy watched. It was nuts. That's from Dave. I remember my brother, my little brother Kevin. Uh, (laughs) We're only two years apart, but I remember him falling asleep at Winnipeg Jets games back in the day. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he had ear troubles as well, so I can imagine that it was probably difficult for him. He had more of a difficult time hearing than things being too loud for him, but there just came a point where he just got tired, and that was it. He was done, and he'd be sleeping in the seat beside me, and I've seen kids fall asleep at major events. It's not super common, but used to live that. It's kind of bizarre. I remember the first time I saw fireworks. I don't know how old I was. I guess I want to say four And I didn't know what they were. I didn't understand the concept, and I didn't know how loud they would be. 
And it was it was terrifying. My parents actually had to take me back to the car uh, so I could essentially hide. What what a little scaredy cat I was. But it was really it was hard on my my brain could not handle it. I was a little baby. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> a little baby. <laughs> Other little than cat. I know that uh, loud noises don't bother you any longer. Andrew, that I know. Andrea is, uh, she also texted us a number of cute pictures here. I'm going to assume this is her child wearing the noise canceling earmuffs. Looks like it's at some sort of a, some sort of a restaurant with their, maybe there is some live entertainment of some sort, perhaps, perhaps, a karaoke, perhaps. perhaps a karaoke and then a variety of pictures of her and, and the child out doing all sorts of things at a bomber game. Looks like there's a, they're at the Assiniboia Downs on a boat. The kid's on a boat, so she brings her kid everywhere. You had asked for I had asked, feedback. and I really, right. I really appreciate that. And, you know, just because I don't understand it and just because it wouldn't be something that I would have done, times change, people change, and this technology clearly gives individuals the opportunity to bring their kids to different things. We had a contrary text message uh, from one of our listeners that says, yeah, it's just kids, people, they just want to show their kids off. (laughs) People bring their kids as trophies. If you're nursing, uh, well, you know what, that's, I'm just going to leave it there. Yes. (laughs) Express, I think is the word that he used. Bringing your child to that professional sporting event, a loud concert or some other event is not normally a wise thing to do. And... As far as the the, the trophy thing goes, I, I have no thoughts on that. I don't want to agree or disagree because there some there could be some people out there who do actually subscribe to that. They want to show the world, mm-hmm. and there are others who maybe just want to introduce their babies to to things early on, so that by the time they are older and quote unquote starting to think for themselves, that they already know what these things are, right? They're just used to them. They're just used to bomber games or Jets games, and they've already sort of learned those experiences. Maybe. I don't know. How much time we got? 45 seconds. My son played full ice as a seven-year-old this season. This at 780-6868. Now turning eight, they want him to go back to half ice. No thanks. They're trying to follow the USA hockey model. Since when did we become followers in hockey? Well, since we started and stopped not winning everything. And when hockey numbers and hockey registration numbers are on the decline, Hockey Canada is trying ways to, A, encourage more kids to stay involved in hockey longer, to get them involved, period, and for that skill development to increase. Once again, Paul Carson, I've interviewed him at least half a dozen times. If there's anybody I trust with the future of hockey in this country and for him to do the right thing by kids, it's Paul Carson. 354 on 680 CJOB. Uh, Andrea has texted back. She says, yes, you are right. Introduce early. Thanks, Andrea, for the follow-up. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all of your texts. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. Cheers. Jeff Forte and Master Control. The news with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham up next.